Mannion throws to the end zone. KJ caught it, and KJ has scored a touchdown. KJ Osborne with a 14-yard touchdown grab. First touchdown this evening by the Minnesota Vikings. Six for KJ. What is going on? Welcome to Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. My name is Gabe Henderson from the Vikings Entertainment Network. Tonight we are joined by Vikings legend, Vikings linebacker, Vikings former coach, and Vikings radio network analyst Pete Bursage. And Pete, I know you were in Chicago, so we still do have a game this upcoming Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium <laughs> at 12 noon. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, it's uh, one more um season finale against the bears you know is not necessarily a must win it's just a game which Mm -hmm. is so it's it's amazing how the schedule falls out but you know to end the season against the bears you know we played them just a few weeks ago my god it seems like yesterday seriously um yeah that was our schedule from the beginning i mean we had what five of our six uh, division games were in the last what eight weeks of the season, so yep. yeah, it was very division, very division heavy toward the end of the year. Yeah, now you got a six and ten Bears team coming in facing a seven and nine Vikings team. This game is essentially for second place in the NFC North. And um, be- before we talk about just what this game means as a former player for the Vikings, how are these games when you when you really don't have much to play for as far as postseason wise? But you still got one more game left on on the calendar. When you when you were playing for the Vikings, yeah. what what were these weeks like? I played seven seasons with the Vikings, and we never had this happen to us. Oh wow! We, were, um, we only missed the playoffs one time, and that was in '95. And we always were either going to the playoffs or playing for you know a playoff position. So it's like I mean, I got I got to play in I think eight playoff games. Which Denny would would bring, you know, and the new guys would come in. He'd say, "Has anybody here never played in a playoff game?" And there was always, you know, one or two free agents or guys that we had that came in that had never played in one, and it was just kind of the expectation, really. You know, was, was was to make the postseason. Now, coaching, we had a few of these games, and you know, you this is not the week to create and install, a, you know, more defense than normal or more offense than normal. This isn't the week to be, you know, if you're going to be creative, you've got to be creative in a way that's going to engage the players, whether it's, and we saw this out of the bears. You watch the bears against the giants. We saw the score, right? 29 to three. And you're thinking, my God, the bears just annihilated them. Well, they really didn't. So they have the opening kickoff, the giants get the ball. The first play of the game, the bears come out and run a zero blitz and Mm -hmm. they cause a fumble and take the ball down the one yard line and then score on the next play. The next series, they blitz again, and they come up with an interception and take that down to, I believe, like the 24, and then go in for a touchdown. And then later on, they scored a safety. 16 of the 29 came from the defense. So if you walk into that team meeting on Wednesday and you say, guys, the first time the defense is on the field, we are going to all-out blitz. What are the guys going to do? They're going to perk up. And yeah. that's how you keep them, keep them engaged, right? You keep them engaged and, you know, they, and they also ran a flea flicker on offense. Mm-hmm. All right. So you do things like that to keep the guys interested in what's going on and you go out and practice and, you know, you have, you got to have, I'm not going to say fun with it, but it's, it's just a di- little bit different of an environment. So you really have to kind of get creative a little bit, but in a different kind of a way. Yeah, I mean, going back to that Giants-Bears uh, game this past weekend, the total net team passing yards was negative six. 
I'm not sure if that's yeah, a record was, of some sort, but like that that yeah. that is horrendous. You know, the Giants did a bunch of things where they were play action passing and trying to pull a tackle from one side <laughs> to the other. You know, they had another play where Robert Quinn had a sack that uh, it was either sack or a pressure, but they mm-hmm. tried to pull the center and pop the center all the way outside. You know, <laughs> so you sit there and you're like, what the, what are they doing? So they're not going to see, I don't think they're going to see that type of, uh, of a football team with the, with the Vikings, obviously, you know, this Sunday. Uh, but, you know, the fans as a fan, your brain goes to, you know, why play this guy and why play yeah. that guy? And, you know, and then they go, they go about the draft and all this other stuff. It's like no one thinks that way except for maybe the GM. But as a coach and as a player, you want to go out with a good feeling, right? You want to yeah. go out with a win. Are you going to have some guys that play that maybe normally wouldn't? Yeah, you might have a couple, right? You know, but uh, nobody's you know nobody's packed it in. This is this is one of those games where you're like, let's do, let's just pin our ears back, have some fun, throw the ball deep, you know, light it up a little bit, and go from there. I feel like that's been the the topic of discussion all week: is how much do the starters play? How much do we see some of the backups play? And more importantly, I, I do believe if if we were already in the playoffs, the starters wouldn't play, but Similar to last year, since it's the last game of the season, you you do want to put your starters in and go out with the bang and have some optimism uh, going into this offseason. So as far as your JJs or your Kirks or, or just speaking of JJ right now, who is 124 yards away for setting the Vikings record for most receiving yards in the season, passing Randy Moss. How much do you let him play uh, versus we want to get him that record? You want him to play. I mean, that's what you're paying him for. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and the, I guess the, the responsibility in that respect is on the player. Can't play the game with anything in the back of your mind. Meaning, you know, they, they, they kind of do it in the preseason you know, where it's like, okay, I'm going to play when I'm out there. I'm not going to think about it. But when I'm on the sideline, I might, you know, say, hey, are we going to get a quarter, a half, or, you know, whatever. When you're on the field, you have to be completely dialed in. If you're thinking about anything else, that is when you get hurt. Yeah. If you're not going 100%, that is when you know injuries happen. I mean, you would hope that you signed and you have on your roster guys that want to, that want to play. You know, if I've got somebody out there who's you know says, hey, you know, I don't really, you know, whatever, whatever, then you're you're you, it's like, okay, well, what's the difference? I mean, yeah. <laughs> from here in a week ago. You know what I mean? That's a big tell, I think, when it comes to the guys. And the fact that Monday when you wake up, um, you're done and it's the off season. And the best part of being a professional football player is the off season. Trust me. Yeah. Okay. Just, <laughs> just you know, they know the best part of what they do is coming up on Monday. So you shouldn't have anything like in the back of your head, right? There's no pressure. There's no it's, you know, you're playing for, you want to finish on a high note, especially when you don't know what changes are going to come. And this, I mean, regardless of the coach and GM or whatever, that's been, you know, it's buzzing around. It's like, you want to finish the season on a high note on a good, you know, on a, a good taste in your mouth, so to speak. So you're looked at next year as an up and coming type player, um, you know, or, or, you know, a guy who's, if you're an older player, you want to make sure you finish with some juice. I mean, look at look at a guy like Robert Quinn who's yep. getting up there in years, and this year sets the franchise record for sacks at the Bears. He's playing for a contract, right? He's playing for 
the fact that, yeah, I, I'm, I might be 30, but I still have a lot of football left in me. So each guy individually has to find that motivation and go from there. Well, one guy that is very motivated is Mike Zimmer. And like you said, Pete, He's going to play his starters, and his goal this week is to get a win against the Chicago Bears team, no matter the record. He expressed that same sentiment when talking to the media earlier today. Good week of practice. Bears coming in town, very stout defensively. Uh, well, sounds like we're going to see Andy Dalton, who uh, we were with in Cincinnati for quite a long time, and we got some speed at receivers. Montgomery's a really good back, and uh, but we're excited to get out there and go. Yeah, Mike, uh, Andre alluded to this a little bit yesterday about how um, – you know, with COVID and injuries and everything, hadn't really seen uh, the defense that you guys anticipated. You, was there any point during the season where you felt like you you, you saw what you might have envisioned uh, in August? You know, I, I haven't been able to reflect on the season or anything like that. You know, we've just been focused on Chicago, and you know, I think that's probably a, something to think about in the off season and, and when we, uh, or maybe after after this last game. Yeah. Hey, Mike, how do you kind of look at the cornerback situation? You could be a little thin there with some guys uh, on the injury report and then uh, on the COVID list as well. Yeah, we'll be okay. And how's uh, Michael Pierce doing? I mean, obviously he's had the uh, the illness. Uh, anything? I mean, I know he's doubtful versus out, but anything serious or you're concerned about? No, he's doubtful. Coach, I guess it's been a little tough with uh, three O-linemen at, at first this week being out and then I guess Brian O'Neill came back probably good to see him but then the left side your your starters are still in protocols or any any optimism on those guys uh, we anticipate they'll be back tomorrow yeah just wondering uh, Mike if you could offer maybe an assessment of Christian Derrissaw's season uh, obviously he had some injury issues at the start but he seems to uh, be coming on pretty well for you guys yeah again I think that's a, another offseason question um, no, he's he's done some good things, yes. Coach, do you expect it to be a little less chippy between the Bears and Vikings this time around, or do you think that that's something that's kind of built into the NFC North? Yeah, I think anytime you play each other, it's going to kind of be like that. So, uh, you know, we just have to keep our composure and play till the whistle blows. In terms of them putting fields on the COVID list, did you have to make a lot of adjustments on the fly because obviously Fields and Dalton are two very different types of quarterbacks. Yes, we had to change some things. Yeah, just you know, curious, Mike, whenever whenever you're out of the playoffs like this and you have a week of practice, uh, what do you hope to get out of the game? What do you, uh, you know, how do you handle this as opposed to that always the typical grind of like, you got to win to stay in the playoff hunt? Well, I think, Mark, um, first of all, you know, the guys came out and practiced really well to, uh, this, this week. Um, you know, it was pretty much business as usual. I get these questions about, you know, are we going to play young guys? Are we going to, you know, this, this, the preseason training camp, you know, um, the preseason games, that's for those guys to play. This is a regular season game, and we approach it the same as we would uh, the first game of the year, last game of the year. We grind the same. We, we do everything that's pretty much the same, other than maybe uh, we back down a few reps, but we do that at the end of the year anyway. But, um, you know, this you know this this isn't the preseason, and so we just we just go about our business like we always have. 
Well, you can head on over to Vikings.com for the full injury report. We still got Pete Bursich here. And Pete, when we get back from break, I got a I got a couple of couple of more questions to ask you just regarding this season and, and moving forward for this Minnesota Vikings team. That's cool. Sounds great. Don't turn the dial. We'll be right back with more Vikings Vantage. Hey Vikings fans, this football season make Pepsi your go-to game day drink because it's the only drink for football watching. Pepsi, that's what I like. Hey, Vikings fans, right now you can pick up a commemorative Vikings cup at your local Hy-Vee. Fill it with an ice cold Pepsi and you'll be ready for football watching. What's going on? Welcome back to Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Gabe Henderson here alongside Vikings radio analyst Pete Bursich. He's a former Vikings coach, former Vikings player, and also a, a guy who gives me a pen every single week when I'm sitting in between him and PA. It's kind of become a bit now, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, l- last yeah. year was Rosie and I, and now it's, it's you and I where I just – I mean, I, I've I've got the pleasure of sitting in between you and and PA every single game, home and away, and I feel like if I don't ask you for a pen, um, something's probably yeah. wrong. The other thing is, uh, you know, at some point, if you spill coffee on your call sheet, that's good luck, right? That's always so. Whenever that whenever that happens, you know, you knock over coffee on your on your card. I always we always like if it happens to Paul, he'll show me, and I'll show him. It's like yeah, that's, you know, it's a it's a good omen. Yeah. So basically, yeah, you, you borrowing a pen is uh, good luck. Yeah, you, you had the biggest coffee stain on your play call sheet against the Green Bay Packers <laughs> last week. That... <laughs> and you can't do it on purpose. It just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't do the same thing. It's got to be accidental. <laughs> well, it seems like it has been on purpose, but it's kind of accidental is the pattern of this Viking season. Two losses, one win, one loss, mm-hmm. two wins, two losses, two wins, two. You know where I'm going with this. How how would you just describe this Minnesota Vikings season thus far? Underwhelming, <laughs> in in you know in a lot of respects. I mean, the bottom line is you're looking at the same record that you had a year ago. That's why a win here, I think, is so important, um, just for the franchise and for everybody. But the feel of the team and what you have on the field is completely different. A year ago, you barely even knew who was on the roster. For God's sake, right? Yeah. I mean, and then you go down to New Orleans and. Uh, give up six rushing touchdowns. I mean, it was it was absolutely uh, a different feel, and so you spent the entire offseason bringing in and, and putting together a different front. And we had to wait 13 weeks, you know, to get Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson and Anthony Barr and uh, Eric Kendricks. I mean, so that in that respect, it was very frustrating. I mean, the way we started with losing to you know Cincinnati in Cincinnati in overtime. And then going out to Arizona and then, you know, losing in, the, in a last second, you know, field or game ending field goal attempt and then coming back, you know, obviously you beat the Seahawks and then you lose to the Browns and starting that season out one and three. I mean, you've dug yourself a gigantic hole. Yeah. You know, I, I spoke with Greg Coleman during the week, uh, doing a couple interviews with him, with him, with this being his last game on the sidelines with us. And, he, you know, I think he brought up a great point. He said that the team at some point has to build a, a measure of togetherness and closeness and accountability and the confidence in that, you know, when when in those close games, somebody's going to step up and make a play. You got to have that trust. Trust is the word I think that he used. And it's almost as if with the start that we had at one and three, did you trust the kicker to kick? a field goal did you trust the running back not the fumble did you trust this did you, i mean there were a lot of like those question marks yeah. um and i think that set the tempo 
and so early on in the season, I think if we'd have had the ball bounce a different way or a couple other little things go our way and you come out of those first four games at three and one, I think the rest of the season is really completely different because we saw what this team does when motivated. We saw the first half of the yeah. Pittsburgh Steeler game where we were like a hot knife through butter. And then mm-hmm. the second half, it was a completely different game. Same people, same defensive and offensive calls, just total lack of execution. And how does that drift happen mentally? Um, and I think that it comes down to that. And, and the start of the season really, really set this, you know, put the squad behind the eight ball, so to speak. And that the way those games were lost as nail biters and they were so close and that process of trust just really wasn't there throughout the year. I mean, guys were missing, guys were hurt, um, you know, COVID, whatever. I mean, everybody had to deal with that, but um, that inconsistency just, you know, really, I think, haunted this team throughout the season. I mean, when you when you have 14 out of 16 games decided by a score or less, that, that pretty much tells you everything you need to know about um, the team and it's pretty much the outcome of the game, six and eight in those games that were decided by a score or less. And you, you look at other teams yeah. and you say, oh, like they, they pulled those games out. So that that's a, that's a great point that you just made there, but there, there are, you know, uh, some key players on both sides of the ball for this Minnesota Vikings team that you can hang your hat on or Justin Jefferson on the offensive side of the ball, Dalvin Cook on the defensive side of the ball, Eric oh, Kendricks. Yeah. When it comes to most improved player this year, who who would that guy be for you? No, I would have to take a deep dive into uh, Ezra Cleveland. Hmm. As an offensive lineman, unfortunately, you really get mentioned most <laughs> yeah. if you're, you know, if you're having a problem or if you're struggling. He did a lot of really good things this year. Um, and so he was a guy last year that, you know, they kind of stuck in at guard and here you go and have fun. And, and I think he settled in nicely um, to that position. So uh, I think offensively he's, you know, he improved uh, just a ton uh, from last year to, you know, to this year, you know, defensively, you know, you would like to see a DJ Wanham or Patrick Jones or, you know, somebody step up and, you know, really show that they um, have turned things around. I think Armin Watts played a lot better than he did a year ago. Uh, so defensively, I think he's, you know, he's in that mix and that conversation. The rest of those guys in the back end outside of um, Harrison Smith, they're all really new, you know, new to the franchise. So um, I think Anthony Barr did finish the season very well. You know, obviously him not being on the field at the beginning of the year was extremely frustrating, and I'm sure it was for him uh, as well. But uh, at the same time, I think he's he's finished the season pretty pretty you know strongly. So that's you know that's good. But uh, yeah, I think you have to you have to kind of dig into Arm and Watts, and you have to look at Ezra Cleveland. I mean, those I think Cook has played at the same level. You know, Jefferson's playing at the same level. Kirk is playing at the same level, which is a high level, but for improvement um most improved i would go with those two well this is the last time that vikings fans will will hear something from the actual vikings entertainment network the rest of this season the rest of the regular season so i i gotta ask you from a player personnel strictly player personnel standpoint how do the vikings address that this offseason say defensively you need depth at corner um you always do i think i don't care how many corners you have you need you know you need depth at that position um, I think defensive end is another position where you got to have some depth. You know, you need somebody 
out there as well. And I think, you know, you take a look at, uh, yeah, the Rams game where we had such a difficult time stopping the run and Sheldon Richardson is an insider, has been an interior player, uh, but they've been playing him at end, you know, for quite some time. So missing Daniel Hunter for the second year straight, not good, you know, offensively, what do you do with the number three receivers and two receiver position? I'd still would love to see a nice, big, athletic blocking tight end get in here. I think that's going to help Dalvin Cook in the running game out quite a bit. You know, we need one more guard position. You know, we already have first and second rounders all the way across that front, except for only Udo. So, you know, what are you going to do? Just draft another first or second rounder and have them all the way across the board? I mean, you look at this and you're like, man, there's not a huge deficiency that yeah. you saw a year ago with the names of the guys that were on the field. So it's a big head scratcher in that respect. What gets this Vikings team back to the playoffs next year? You know, you have to figure out defensively how to stop the run. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the defensive end position. Um, you know, Pierce and, and, and Tomlinson went healthy and together did did exactly what we thought they were going to. But the problem was we just didn't have them together that much. So mm-hmm. you need to have, you got to have some guys, some, some, some backups. You can't have a huge drop off between the first and the second, you know, the second team guys, um, you know, and get some consistency there. I think you need to bring in some more corners, you know, athletically, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Peterson, I thought did a good job all throughout the season, but you need to have some younger legs behind him. You know, Bashar Breland uh, struggled throughout the year. Um, uh, you know, Cameron Dantzler early on in the season voiced his, his uh, displeasure with not playing and got his chance. And, and unfortunately he wasn't out there the entire time. So you, you need to, you need to really get some juice, you know, um, Mackenzie Alexander, I thought played <clears throat> pretty well throughout the year. Um, you know, is he on the is he ascending or descending? I mean, that's up to the to the coaches and the staff to figure out. But um, yeah, you need some you need some juice, I think, at the corner position, and then you got to shore up. <clears throat> excuse me, shore up that offensive line, and um, you know, make sure that you've got five guys up there who you know that you don't have a weakness. So um, you know, offensive line, defensive line. And uh, some corners, I think those are the main spots right now. Pete, it's been a pleasure sitting in between you and and PA all season long. Thank you for joining us tonight on Vikings Vantage also and and providing your insight. And I'll see you again on Sunday. All right, man. Looking forward to it. It's always a pleasure to to sit there in the booth and have some fun with you guys. So, you know, get to do it one more time. Well, for Pete Bursich, producer Jay Nelson, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you guys for tuning in again to another edition of Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Pepsi, that's what I like.